0: My name is Jeff Tate. I'm a singer, songwriter, traveler. Oh yeah. I love my job. I lost my temper. Mm -hmm. You know, I came unglued. And, um, you know, um, I'm glad somebody stopped me because I, you know, look back on it with regret that I could have, you know, hurt one of them pretty badly. Yeah. Uh, but, man, you know, it, it's not something I'm proud of. The right. spitting thing, uh, I know a lot of people have given me hell about that, but spitting is something that, uh, you know, historically has been uh, the most degrading thing you can do to somebody, you know, and that's exactly what was meant by it. I want to
1: love you like the no other.
0: You're listening to the Cobras and Fire
2: Podcast, part of the Decimal Geek Podcast Network and the only show that comes with a Jeff Tate spit guard. The Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the Amped Loose Cannon. How are you this evening, Luce?
3: Oh, I am ready to go, Baco. I gotta tell you, I have got my second wind, and I'm about to be three sheets to the wind after <laughs> this. This beer. There's a lot of math. I'm ready to go. Let's a lot of it. math,
2: baby. Hey, uh, you know, I kind of blindsided you a little bit. This is the first time we've recorded since then. I wanted sure. to. Uh, to at least address it, uh, that I threw in the the whole Craig Smith rant as a show intro, and I never told you I was <laughs> doing that. I just did it and posted it. So, I think it's only fair, you know, kind of like a equal opportunity or however you want to use that or uh, whatever the news does to make sure both candidates fair can get a size. Fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. Uh, I thought you should at least be afforded the opportunity to respond to some of the criticisms of uh, the host of Pods and so
1: All I want is one where when it gets to the end of the side, it picks up. Because I, I, I can't sit there and have it just play on the groove all
3: night. And I was like, you motherfucker. I, mean, I actually heard that back in the day. Whenever it first posted and, had, and, had, yeah, and had, had, had amusement with it, but I didn't expect it to come on the show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have a little reply to Happy you Craig birthday, Smith. buddy. Well, oh, yes, thank you. So, may I, may I begin? Yeah,
2: let's hear it. Okay, hold on for a <laughs> maybe second. Maybe this will be at an intro on Pots and sods coming up. Yeah,
3: maybe. Let's just go back and forth. You know, Baco. <laughs> oh, boy. My, my erasure is well worn. And I make a lot of mistakes. What I don't make a mistake on is my conversation with Craig Smith. <laughs> so I'm I'm done with that little impression. But these pretzels are delicious. It's not
0: chips uh, this time.
2: Uh, you didn't get the, Did you get those at Dollar Tree?
3: I did. I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> when it comes to chips, sometimes I pay full price. When there's a Dollar Tree within walking distance of my house. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Craig Smith. Now, uh, he says... Basically, that I had this back and forth <laughs> with him on Messenger, where I asked him his advice, this and that, because I know he's a big vinyl freak.
1: All and I want all I want. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and he showed me. He, he bas- I asked him, hey man, because I was looking on eBay, find all this stuff, and I'd have, I'd, I you know, I've been looking at what's the thing called Audio Technica? Is that what we bought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that is he showed me a picture of his turntable. Which is from like 1987. He said it was a the classic course.
2: techniques, right?
3: Yeah, exactly, and that's what Audio Technica like basically ripped off the exact look of it too. Which very I have much, no idea. yes. I have no idea how they did that. So anyway, and I just said like, is there one out there? Because I, my my dad had uh, this Bang and Olufsen thing. He went like big on this thing back in the day, and you know what it did?
2: Senior. What what, what did he listen to? Like oh. You know, some Beatles, but only in mono. <laughs> that's
3: right. All classical, terrible stuff. Anyway, so the point is, I remember I would hit a button. The stylus would drop on the record. At the end, it would re- it would return to its home. And that was in, like, the early 80s. And he said that I don't know how to handle technology. First <laughs> off, that's anti-technology. At this point, we have electric cars. A, a guy funded a rocket to go up and land, okay? Uh, we have... We have all these advancements. All I'm saying in this day and age, I don't want the needle to go, around, go over forever and ever because I knew it was going to happen. It happened last week when we had guests over. My fucking kids tur- turned on the, uh, the TV <laughs> and forgot to turn off the final thing. That thing was going all night and probably dug a groove into that, the record that was playing. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Craig, that I couldn't find eBay your 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 turntable from the early '80s, the workhorse. I asked advice. Even, I don't think
2: his has the automatic return.
3: No, it doesn't. Yeah. But That's my point. Is is like I am so sorry that uh, that I can't relax <laughs> and fall asleep for a second without wearing a groove into it. These are simple things from a simple man that I wanted. That's all <laughs> I was saying. I appreciate your advice, but I do not uh, appreciate your tone or anything like that. Damn you, Craig Smith. For 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 criticizing my need for a needle that returns to its home. That is all. I'm done.
2: Uh, now I ha- do I have to pick a fight with Eric Miller now.
3: You do. All um,
2: right. Uh, well, uh, it must. It's going to probably revolve around uh, comic books, I guess. Uh, I think Craig was actually just uh, a little upset, maybe hurt that uh, in in your little rant about turntables that uh, uh, you you didn't actually just mention how appreciative you were of the effort he put in.
3: Craig. Um Upon um, looking at myself and from, from the outside in. Reflection? So, some, sometimes, yes. You have to actually step back a little bit. And I want to say that I do appreciate you giving me a lot of detail in the turntable game. I shouldn't really get that fired up about somebody's opinion from a guy that's uh, taking a sabbatical for a year to write a monkey's book.
2: Uh, and uh, Eric Miller, apparently you're on deck. So, uh, But no, all the best to the Pods and Sods, Eric and Craig. You've... Uh, You've been a source of inspiration for our show pretty much since the advent, I think. Uh, But it's all good fun. Uh, Let's get into today's beer. Well, today we got a beer from, uh, I believe the guy only follows follows us on Twitter. He's not on Facebook, to my knowledge. Christopher Stokes. He initially wanted to buy us a Yingling Black and Tan. But we, of course, live in uh, two states that do not offer any Yingling products. Nope. Uh, We will be out in Nashville uh, for the Rock and Pod Expo uh, this summer. And I know they have yingling out there, so Chris, I promise we'll uh, we'll post a picture of the two of us drinking a yingling there. But what, but he did give us a second choice, and that was uh, Labat Blue, uh, which I'm holding in my hand. And my understanding is that you uh, were unable to find this commonly available Canadian treat.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I went to Total Wine and another one and uh, could not find it, so I got another some other Canadian swill and that is Molson. Just Molson Canadian Lager. So I apologize. I did my best, and uh, we do appreciate the donation.
2: Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. And like I said, you kind of get a double shot anyway. We're gonna make sure we hit the Yingling for you as well. But uh, well, let me start first. I just opened my Labatt Blue. I've had this plenty of times. I'm a fan. But let me uh, let me just do a on air review. (sighs) Oh man, that smells like uh, Canada. Yes.
3: Failure. Mm.
2: Oh my lord. Yeah, I mean, uh, is it normal to be afraid of the dark after drinking one of these?
3: I don't know. Is no, it it's, it's actually
2: a fairly you know uh, whatever. It's a light uh, pilsner. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's Canadian pilsner. Uh, mine has a. I mean, it got it in a bottle. I'll probably have a couple of these tonight. Uh, whatever. It's fine. It's uh, basically in the in the neighborhood of a Coors Light or a Budweiser or something. Uh, and one of the I which I really enjoy because you can drink fourteen or fifteen of these and still make it to work tomorrow.
3: Oh, excellent. Yes. Anyway. Is that the end of your review? That's it. Okay. Well, I'm uh first off the the, the bottle, my review, Molson Canadian lager beer. Uh, has a nice leaf on it. Uh, there's also a taste. Oh mine does re- too. Is it a maple leaf? It is. Ooh. Amazingly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, uh, if I drive to Canada, I can get a ten cent refund um, on recycling.
1: <laughs> and
3: uh, let me take a whiff of this bad boy real quick. It smells like a Monty. Smells like a, a Mountie's jockstrap mm, in my, August.
2: Mine smells like uh, the Meister's gym bag.
1: Hmm,
3: I don't think he, does he go to the gym. <laughs> no, you don't need to. Come on, man. Okay, let's see. Ah. All right. Actually it has absolutely no smell. So I'm not sure that. Is, it, <laughs> uh, you're a little here. stuffed up there. Hold on, here we go. It tastes like yellow water. There's actually no taste. This is smoother than a Miller Lite in the fact that there is really no taste. So at least it's not <laughs> at least it's not skunky like a uh, sure. moose head.
2: Right. So. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. I actually enjoyed Molson ice back in the day. Uh,
3: ice. Everything was ice. Yeah.
2: Remember, there was like that uh, three year window where it was like there was. It really uh, was. Yeah. I always liked it when it was like Bud Light Ice Draft. It was like, that's just too many things. It's supposed to be keg beer in a can and it's light beer and it's ice, whatever that means. What was it? What was ice anyway? It was like ice brewed or something like that. It was. They flew it over ice so it would water it down more or something.
3: I just gave it a little more uh, alcohol, and then the also the other part was that uh, natural light ice has survived the test of time. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know that. That's still available.
2: Yeah, that was in, that was sitting next to the can of the uh, next week's beer that I bought today. So. Uh, anyway uh uh, thank you very much christopher he's uh he's actually very active on our twitter page uh shares the episodes typically chimed in he loved the dirt episode thank you very much chris and if you're listening to the show and you feel like throwing five bucks our way you too can uh be part of the program you want to tell them how loose
3: sure yeah so you can go to gofundme.com slash absolutely drink and you can also just go right to our Facebook page, our Cobras and Fire Facebook page, and there's a Shop Now button right in the top. Anything you donate goes towards our hosting cost, and we really appreciate it. We actually have, uh, I think, three uh, in line to still, to still review. So people – seems like every episode, a couple people line up to donate, so we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it's actually more than 100%, right, because we pay for it out of pocket, so it's like a 170%. Goes towards show
3: costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that near. Oh, have you got new uh, any new royalties or whatnot from from your streaming? Yeah, latest so update. Uh, February Christ. was
2: not as good as January. It was fourteen cents. Amazing. Uh, well done. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, if you'd like to help the show out in other ways, please like us on uh, like our page on Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash Cobras and Fire. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Cobras. Fire if you would like to join the shenanigans, send us a join request to Cobras on Fire. I would like to thank a special someone out there who actually alerted us to the idea that there was people backlogged on it. We Neither one of us were getting notifications, so nope. uh, our uh, idiot technological minds, uh, or as Craig Smith would call us, old men, you mother- we father. figured it out and we now know how to <laughs> let people into the group again. So, uh, we yeah, were, we have like seven or eight new members because they were all like kind of like dialed up there. But I appreciate the guy like, uh, checking out on twitter and saying hey i'm just letting you know i've been kind of sitting here uh, you can also leave us a rating and review on itunes or pod chaser just comment on any of our posts please uh leave us whatever rating you think is fair uh, we we of course prefer five stars and, of course, be like our friends PJ Brown or Joey Haney and many others and share any app that tickles your fancy. That's another way you can help us out that doesn't cost anything. And if you don't know where to find us, I'm not sure what, how you're listening, but you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. <laughs> recording the Alice in Chains of Dirt episode and it turns out people enjoyed listening to it
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah no I was I was surprised with the amount of feedback and people talking about it. a lot of people have a personal connection with that yeah. album and I guess it's just one that in the podcast world has not really been tackled that I know of at least not recently
2: it seems grunge is largely kind of forgotten in a sense when it comes to the things like what podcasts talk about or, or, or culturally speaking you know we're You're more likely to get a reality show from uh, a a member of Poison than a member of uh, Soundgarden or Alice in Chains, maybe because they're dead. But
3: (laughs) Jesus, that
2: was dark. Hey, we're talking about a dark record.
3: Yeah, I mean with that too. I mean, we hope that everybody thought we did the right balance. Kind of like the Chris Cornell episode, we kind of celebrated. Sure. um, him and uh, we had some fun with different things, but also covered the album in full. So anyway, we just really appreciate that. And again, uh, just just so you know, the whole the whole thing about grunge killing hair metal is a myth uh, perpetrated by the man. That also got a lot of uh, feedback <laughs> too.
2: Yeah, grunge created Zima. <laughs>
3: Uh, didn't Grunge also killed Lionel Rich's career? Yeah, uh, he killed Lionel
2: Rich's career. Huey Lewis in the News would still be the biggest thing on the planet <laughs> if it we weren't for Grunge.
3: I know, uh, I mean...
2: Yeah, it is one one genre of music that stopped existing that blames grunge conveniently, uh, and and not not the product that was out there. You know, one of the things that uh, and we'll, we've covered this. So let's, let's not get too sure. carried away on this, but no. I think I think because of some of the, the the commentary and the posts you've had on social media, it, it merits a little discussion. Is that I mean, Dawkin was done by this point. I mean, Motley Crue just fired their singer. Uh, Warrant, although it would continue on, they start the the fractures with that band was already happening. I mean, the big time artists, I mean, Poison kicked out CeCe DeVille and brought in an, an actual musician. And, uh, <laughs> Can
3: I also rat put out Detonator?
2: <laughs> Actually, that was before rat broke up. I mean, oh, Piercy went on to do arcade. I mean, it, uh, Robin Crosby was basically kicked out of the band. And, and these things were happening regardless of Nirvana. And yes. it, it wasn't because MTV hired a grunge fan to program MTV that that <laughs> album sold 10 million copies. Believe it or not, that thing kind of took off organically. And I'm not even a fan. I, I just never connected with Nirvana
3: no but neither, except I, for except for a few tracks
2: i'm not going to deny the impact i was there i was in my early 20s i you know i, I knew what it was like and saw the cultural influence that this had and it was short lived the same thing happened to that that happened to hair metal they they started it became a record company corporate thing that got watered down but even the big my point was that the big bands that that of hair metal uh we're already dead for the most part and and the ones yes. that weren't
3: did okay you know what right. i mean you know i mean metallica guns N' roses ozzy uh, goes on but tesla had their thing. biggest record uh, during yeah. all this. oh my god like years later i think 92 and 93 was acoustic yeah. uh, so, acoustical jam and that started the whole acoustic thing i'm Garth Brooks. I, another thing got <laughs> yeah, that too. Chris Gaines also killed hair metal. Yeah. Grunge created Chris Gaines. <laughs> By the way, uh one other thing too is that it's called a scene. There was the Sunset Strip that was a scene. Then there yeah. was Seattle where things yeah. were 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 happening. It just you just shift into a different thing.
2: And
1: if I you mean, think
3: what we're saying
2: isn't true, out, the white lion is the only new york band that made it during hair metal that i can think of. it was all bands that either were from california or moved to california like poison
3: and cinderella. yeah, you know, well, cinderella
2: was Forever. out of chicago, but they weren't new yeah, york. i
3: think it was philadelphia.
2: What was that?
3: Agree or disagree? I think it was philadelphia, but that's fine.
2: Oh yeah, you're, yeah, i'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's philadelphia.
3: Yeah, baltimore for fucking kicks. I mean, jesus. I mean, come on. Let's, let's I was let's talking about bands that made
2: it. <laughs> The weird thing is much like the bands, their fans took it personally and they, they it's like every every fucking scene dies out. Punk died out, but you didn't hear punk going, Oh uh, Pat Benatar killed punk. You know, I mean it's just this this nonsense. This is the only time in history that this kind of shift is made where one collective group of a genre said, It's their fault. Yeah. You so had a long fucking with- run if you were at the beginning of that, man. I'm sorry, Slaughter, if you didn't
3: come along till '89, but Molly Crew had a pretty nice little ride there. Yeah, I mean, come on, new wave of British heavy metal killed disco. Did that happen too? Donna Summer was out of his job. Yeah, Donna like
2: Summer is super pissed at Bruce Dickinson.
3: <laughs>
2: she still won't talk to him. It's been a pretty good month, and I've gotten to see a, a decent amount of shows, but not nothing like what you've been doing, man. You basically have been a uh, a fly in the wall at pretty much every show in Denver this week, a week or so. I,
3: yeah, I have. Like in the last a uh, like couple episodes back, I was like, May and June are just packed with with gold here in Denver, and yeah, I've been to quite a few concerts. And you know, kind of how I I plan everything is. Uh, I use this app, Bands in Town, to to make my <sighs> schedule. Have you ever used that app, or are you anti technology and uh, <laughs> and do you, uh, uh, or are you I'm somebody f- that, that actually just uh, gets a record in the mail that has all the latest concerts?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with the app. I I, I abhor it because um, a a lot of times, like I'm just trying to see tour dates. And yeah. that's all I want is a list, and then it right. goes to this app and it asks for permissions. It does all this stuff, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Just give me a goddamn list. Just take me to a web page that says these are our fucking shows. I don't want to be taken to an app because the app is all about like a buy now thing. I just like, I'm sorry, it's just not for me. But no, uh, Bands in Town is very irritating to me. Okay, well,
3: uh, get
1: I'm off sure my lawn. What-
3: I'm not sure why. The only permission I, I give it is to scan my music library. I don't give any personal information. And then what it does is it tells me, based on the fact that you like these artists, we will give you uh, information on when they are in town, hence bands in town. So I'm going to move past that. I don't know how well, to. Just, just for the
2: record, I don't have a hard time keeping track of the artists I like and when they're coming to my town. And I didn't have a hard time... Ever in my life. So, thank you, Bands in Town, for offering
3: a service that I never needed. Do you understand that we're already having conversations we, we will have when we're playing checkers in the
2: park? <laughs> Can it be in New York City and Central Park?
3: <laughs> anyway, yeah. so so continuing, I'm going to give you two new features Ooh. the ba- that Bands in Town has that, that will probably get you hating <laughs> it even more. Okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, so remember I told you that it scans your, your library and tells you what bands are in town, yes? Hence the name of it? Sure, yeah, it's great. It does, a new, it does a new thing, and it scans your library, and it guesses your education level based on your musical tastes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what it told me? <laughs> seventh grade? <laughs> it says, "Well, they, and they have different names for the different levels yeah. they, Mine, mine just says "hooligan." Dropped out of school when I was twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Additional information it provided was flunked tenth grade six times, and, and then was, uh, I was, I was, I was voted most likely to be in this yearbook again, <laughs> <laughs> and to have a kiss room. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. Hold I mean, on. Of... Any, com- any comments on that?
2: Yeah. One second here. Just downloading the app.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, mo- uh, can I tell you the second feature that's been added in the latest update?
2: Okay. Yeah. No, you can't.
3: Okay. It a- it also um, acts as a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> For me, based on my education level and uh, uh, estimated income, it just simply said, every time I clicked on a concert, it just says, don't go. (laughs) Well, as I told you, I just
2: downloaded it, and apparently I'm going on a wine tour with Jeff Tate, so we'll have to (laughs) do that.
3: That was a recommendation link? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah, But but additionally, it it told me, uh, it, it says, as a reminder, You have to get up tomorrow at 5 a.m. to start digging ditches, and and it says if he goes. But uh, you will probably go to the concert anyway. Make sure to wear your guard clothes, as is tradition. Have fun uh, having it evaluate your life, Baco. (laughs) You know, uh,
2: another fairly common or fairly popular app announced a recent uh, change that that is Uber. Uh, you, can, you can pay a little bit extra or at least upgrade to a different car, and, and that allows you to have the no talking feature where the driver won't talk to you at all. Um, oh, my God. Lyft has that. countered that, by the way. Uh, now, uh, if you're willing to pay less, uh, you can get unsolicited advice from Loose Cannon.
3: Has taken more money for you for something you already own yet again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that they're as they're want to do. Uh, I bought the uh, 45th anniversary edition of the debut Kiss record on a sm- clear smoke vinyl, uh, and uh, you and I both bought the ghost smoke vinyl and just remembered how awesome. Im- immaculate that looked.
3: Yeah, sounded uh, great too. Yeah, and yeah. so. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's Uh, the first, it's the debut
2: record. I was planning on getting that with the remaster vinyl going anyway to add to my eight eight other copies of that record (laughs) um, of the original releases. But uh, with it being a smoke vinyl, I said, I'm going to wait. So I I pre-ordered it back in February, and I got it about a month ago.
3: Can I ask how much it was? It was 30 bucks. Okay, well, that's so,
2: Yeah, I mean a little extravagant, but n- nothing like outrageous. But Right. Um, this is my first time working with Sound of Vinyl, and it, it will officially be my last time. Uh, so the record shows up, and I decide to open it, and I look at it, and I was really disappointed. That what I got was kind of like a, an opaque, milky vinyl, not a clear, and a little dab of black sperm. Uh, <laughs> this did not look anything like the actual picture. Now, I was pretty much uh, deciding, well, I got got what I got, but there was actually damage uh, in the manufacturing process to the cover, which actually just kind of cut through and and rubbed out a bunch of uh, type on the back of the, the album. So I was returning it and asking for an exchange on for that reason. First of all, this is like one of those, you know, it's kind of like the, the phone prompt for the Cobras and Fire uh, uh, hotline, right? It is designed to make you just give up and go away. Yeah. They have no direct email. They have like just one of those blank things that you fill out and say, here's your order number and stuff, and we'll get back to you. It took four days to get a clear response uh, and, and eight messages. And and, and it eventually got worked out where I have a new record that I haven't opened yet. So who knows what that looks like. But in the process, I found out that like everybody was getting these like basically white discs with just a
3: blob of black. I kind of. Can I ask you something? Are you telling me that Kiss put out a product that did not meet expectations? Let me do a quick Michael Brandvold
2: impersonating.
3: (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. You can.
2: People. You need to understand something. Gene and Paul are not at the record-pressing plant fixing the... Okay, so yeah, there you get what I'm just going to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, w- it was a very underwhelming product. Um, and in the process of like finding out that how many people were dealing with this, I started seeing some of the comments, and people were very protective, just like uh, Brandvold would be, of Kiss taking any responsibility. It was it wasn't even the sound of vinyls problem. It was the manufacturing plant, and I'm going. They pretty much fall at the bottom of the list for me, unless because if they blew it. Then then get them to fucking redo it. As you might know, I work in printing. I know what it's like to make a mistake that's our fault. And guess what? Reprint. Because there was a a message that someone shared where Sound of Vinyl came back with, uh, well, it's not like we can reprint the whole thing. You absolutely can fucking repress the entire thing. that is on the you you don't want to it's expensive and the reason you probably don't want to is that you probably signed off on this in other words you said this is probably okay and now that you're getting all this blowback you're like well it's not like they tried to blame the the, print the printing plant and 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 i just commented like look first and foremost sound of vinyl is the company taking my money they owe me an explanation. They're the ones who should be taking care of this. I don't give a crap. If the if the, if the printing press blew it, then the Sound of Vinyl should be taking it up with them and not making it my problem. But yeah, so there was all these people. There was actually one guy in this thread on a Facebook, the, the Kiss My Wax page, and he was like, guys, if you keep complaining, Kiss won't keep doing these.
3: <laughs> don't- don't yell at them, or we won't get any more shitty oh, like, milky sperm,
2: black black sperm vinyl. <laughs> and I'm like, you think I'm ever gonna buy another sound of vinyl kiss related product again? I can't even get these guys to acknowledge me. You know, it, it it took a month and a half to get my replacement copy. It took two weeks to get somebody to 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 respond in kind. And then after they did, it all reset, and I had to start over. Like, the telepromp thing just kicked me back to the main menu after being on hold for 30 minutes. It was like one of those things. It's like, all of a sudden, I got an email that basically started from scratch. It's like, hey, we're sorry to to hear about your recent issue. Uh, Please let us know if we can do
3: anything to rectify this.
2: I thought you already were.
3: Baco. Just as a side note, um, Eddie Trunk is still on hold.
0: (laughs) If you'd like to continue to hold, press the pound key. Okay. Main menu. If you are calling because you accidentally left a five-star review when you meant to leave 51-star reviews. Come on! One.
3: If you are calling. He, he went directly from on the hold of the co prison fire line to calling about his 45th at, uh, issue with his Milky <laughs> Vinyl.
2: I will say this, though, loose. The thing sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> does it? It really does, yeah. I mean, I, I have the two copies now, so I guess things worked out for me in the long run. Uh, uh, but honest to God, I, I would have been fine with one and just proper customer service. It does remind you. It's just amazing. Kiss fans, more than any in my personal experience and opinion, will take so much, and they'll just go, "Oh, don't complain. Let master take it out on us." It's like Jesus
3: fucking Christ. You paid for something. You should get what you paid for. Vaco, I'm telling you, you're you're getting on the 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 banned list for
1: podcast <laughs> products. Right I'm about now. to
2: enter Julian Gilzone. Uh, yes, uh, I, I think my you, uh, hotel room in uh, Nashville is in jeopardy.
3: <laughs> You're the opposite. You go off, and uh, Julian Gill just takes it, and he's just like butters from South Park. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, okay, guys, I'll just carry
3: on. No problem. Just only a flesh wound.
2: Ugh, but yeah, I mean, come on, Kiss fans, just sack up a little bit. You know what? Hold Gene and Paul accountable. They signed off on the. the they gave the right for this this company to to uh, to they licensed it to them, and they failed. And that's on them. It's on the company for not holding the, the the printer accountable. And I think the printer probably did their job, and these guys signed off on it. That's why they're saying shit like it's not like we can just have them redone. You absolutely can. You absolutely can redo it. But you know what? It just goes back to the Kiss fan who uh, is over and over again just willing to accept anything. They, they, there's no quality control, which is why Kiss is so
3: they, – they show no hesitation in overcharging and under-delivering. I, I don't appreciate that generalization because I am, not, I am not that Kiss fan because you told me it was a crazy deal for like – I don't know. Fifteen bucks or whatever. Thirteen ninety nine for the Kiss World you're talking about. Yeah, the double, double album, album vinyl. 20, 20 tracks yeah. on it. Yeah, and uh, you're
2: getting some con- off of Sonic Boom on vinyl for the first time.
3: <laughs> and Monster.
2: Oh uh, no. Anyway. Honey, you, can, you can get Monster.
3: Okay, whatever. So th- the point being is that uh, I saw that and I was like, all right, fine, thirteen dollars, I'll take it. So it shows up amazingly amazon 2 some guy must have been just right around the corner flung <laughs> it on my my fucking porch like i ordered it like eight o'clock and it showed up at like two o'clock the next day on my yeah. porch and i'm like i'm like holy shit so i opened it up and i was hesitant anyway because i think it's odd the fact that it's it's a greatest hits but it has the new band on the front of it so i open it up and it's even more odd the fact that it has old school pictures of the original so it has the new guy's and the original, and they didn't have like the in-between. It was just – it was an odd packaging to begin with. Oh, but the- I, I'm, I'm well aware
2: I bought the same thing. I bought it right before I, I let you know about it. Right. Um, but but
3: I, I got it much faster than you. Anyway, so you the – Yes. So I, I – but I instantly knew that I was being punked by somebody in the Kiss Corporation. And that is I could not take – that the actual sequencing of this is a joke. We're we're talking about it goes it goes from fucking Detroit Rock City into Beth. It goes from uh, Love gone into Shandy. Why is I'm I'm a legend tonight? Is the two sides of a coin <laughs> of, of 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 the uh, what is that one? The, the Greatest Kiss album. The, it, and everything like that yeah. it is just fucked up when i was listening to it and i was just like starts with crazy crazy nights into rock and roll all night it's just bizarre i'm like what the fuck man you, you couldn't <laughs> even if you got the most most basic kiss fan you could sequence this better and i was like i put my arms up the packaging i'm like i am getting my 13 dollars back and i sent that thing right back to amazon i was embarrassed to have it in my collection it just looked goofy <laughs> My kids are like that. Listen to this. That like it's just bizarre. I'm like I'm like that's it. It's out of my house. How the fuck
2: it. did it, one of the original tracks off Killers end up on that thing?
3: <laughs> I mean it's like it's like a joke. Like Shandy,
1: why is Shandy there? <laughs>
2: yeah, like I was like I think Mark Zuckini picked the, the entire list of songs or something, but he probably sequenced you know- it
3: too. That Ted Nugent T-shirt tucking fucker. You know, my eraser's well worn, because I make a lot of mistakes. I mentioned that I went to a lot of concerts, but I understand that you went to a perfectly rated concert recently. Yes. And that is Overkill.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, First time seeing them. Uh, As I I like to say, uh, apparently, I popped my Overkill cherry. I was actually joined that evening with a friend who is not a fan of metal at all. Uh, the, that's not
3: the right concert to go
2: to yeah the uh, uh a guy uh, uh the guy I was gonna go with he actually got called away on a work conference that he wasn't thinking about he kind of blew it and he's like shit i'm not even gonna be in town so i had very short notice and it turns out my wife has no interest in seeing overkill for some reason shocker yeah um but uh so i asked my buddy if he'd just go because i had an extra ticket and i was really i only had a day to figure out you know who wants to go um and he's never really been to a metal show, you know. And he's uh, he's he's kind of a I don't know he he likes the glorious sons a lot, uh, but yeah. So he shows up. He's wearing like a red coat, and he is immediately like it's like this culture shock, and like it's almost like the the like his like your puritan mom like <laughs> like he's worried like he's gonna get hurt. Uh, he's like everybody here is like. Wearing black hoodies, you know, it's like we're just surrounded by goat whore hoodies and shit like that, Uh, and all these old white dudes and and a handful of old white ladies. Uh, Our
3: our sleeves not allowed here.
2: (laughs) But uh, yeah, so he definitely stuck out with his red coat. Uh, But uh, yeah, he by the end of the night he was find him. Can find him, easy. Oh yeah, that actually became very because I had to run to the photo pit and back. You know, so it came very handy. I was like, "There he is." Uh, So it it turned out that was uh, a good calling card. Before the concert, though, this was uh, in the University of Minnesota campus, if you can believe it. It, It's like, it's like uh, the (laughs) varsity.
3: That's that's a perfect market for overkill.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's where the varsity theater is. You know, I mean, I, I don't think it's their fault, but it is weird. Like when we pulled up and parked, you see all these like girls in their fucking yoga pants, and then like this just like streams of like old white metal dudes you know kind of intermingling while kids are like throwing a football in front of the quad or whatever but uh yeah we, we hit a college bar up the street from it because uh when we got there the line was still you know sitting outside the door and i am so encouraged loose uh to find out that there is still places that sell $5 pitchers of beer. It, oh. Oh, we saved money by ha- we, like by leaving half a pitcher of beer than we would have by buying two
3: beers. So I have not seen a $5 pitcher since like 1995, <laughs> I'm going to say because did they used to have like penny beer night.
2: Oh yeah, they did when I was in college. I know, but I mean, again, you know, it's like you, you, you keep forgetting that like a lot of this stuff was geared around being a college student and going to a of bar, course. you know. Um, but yeah, so we had a we had a oh I would say two thirds of a pitcher of beer before we went into the show, um, and the show was as expected. Uh, Overkill was a lot of fun, and so was Death Angel, who I'm actually a pretty big fan of. So I was gonna buy a Death Angel T shirt, and you're gonna love this, Liz. They did not have ah. XLs in the shirt that I was going to buy. <laughs> they do not know their their market. Oh uh, no. And I, look, I get why they run out. Did you go to the merch table at the end of the concert? No, this gonna- is between like between uh, Death Angel and Overkill. So, I'm in no, the middle. No. Um, so I didn't buy a Death Angel t-shirt. I'm sorry, Death Angel, you would have got $25 of mine that night. Instead, Overkill got 25 bucks for me for a sweet pair of gym shorts. And if you're looking at our Buy a beer campaign uh, photo for this week, uh, you can see me wearing them.
3: (laughs) Nice. Who knew? Who knew that Jim Shorts is an overkill. I I like it. Yeah, I I have no idea why. They should just basically stock XL only. That (laughs) should be what they have at all times, at all these places. If
2: 90% of your inventory is not a mix of XL and L, you're not thinking.
3: But anyway, I I have to say, too, that it was also – I think that those the uh, fans of Overkill were really, really happy to be at the concert because it was probably their first time actually being in the college.
2: <laughs> oh, we need Gene to chime in right there. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. It's a venue I've never been to before, and I will gladly go back again. It was it was perfect basically in every sense. What about you? You was a, a concert you took in?
3: Oh, sure. Um, well, you know... You remember Steve, Steve, right, that went to the, Steve. the, uh, the big clusterfuck uh, uh, Skid Row and etc. Yep. concert last yep. year, right? Steve has a Steve. favorite band. It's a band he's been asking me to go see for quite a while.
2: Men Without Hats?
3: <laughs> I'd actually kind of be actually happier with that. But uh, no, Steve's favorite Steve. band is Buckcherry. Now, I want to make sure you understand <sighs> this. This explains, you know when we talk about like someone out there, their favorite band is Chevelle? <laughs> Or seether. This is essentially the same. You just thing. named two bands.
2: I'd rather see than bug cherry.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like, okay. But I was kind of encouraged for the fact that Joyous Wolf, who's a oh young, yep yep young upstarts, they have a song called Mountain Man, and all this stuff. They were opening, and I was contacted by their promoter and everything like that. So I was like, all right, all right, yeah, I'll go, and I'm interested in seeing them. So. First off, this was at Herman's Hideaway, which is a, a, uh, a haunt that has come up plenty, plenty of times in this show. And you know my rant about that, where the, the headliner starts at approximately 11, 11 p.m. or 11.30 on a weeknight because they have like five bands before them, right? Yeah. Well, this was the time that uh, they actually started on time. So we were actually down the street getting a beer, came in there, missed half a Jorius Wolf's <laughs> show. But I will tell you this much. Joyous Wolf, take a look at them. A ridiculous name, silly name, but really, they're basically a Greta Van Fleet that doesn't suck.
2: I don't think okay? it's silly. Although, we'll say the Wolf has kind of replaced Ghost, which replaced Black
3: <laughs> or Stone. Or right?
2: Stone, yeah. It's like one of those...
3: Bad Wolves. Right now, there's a
2: lot of Wolves. You know, cause you, that, I think it's largely because uh, the Bad Wolves did that uh, Cranberries
3: cover. Now let's move on to Buckcherry.
2: You know how like Paul Stanley talks about like Ace really wasted his talent? This band had so much promise based on the, what my early uh, reception. And, and they have just... I don't even understand how they continue to have a career with, with songs like Crazy Bitch. And it's just like... Uh, and the, the singer was just out recently talking about how like he thinks that they should be more popular, and I'm like, I do not think you should be more popular. I actually like him as a singer a lot. I just think their music it, it just it went from being a great rock band to I don't even know what the fuck you call them now. I mean, they're, yeah, I, they're yeah. basically you, you know those stickers at at Spencer's that say "fuck you, you fucking fuck." If that sticker was a band, it would be Buck Cherry.
3: That is a perfect summation. That's what I go into. Are okay. you done or yeah, you I'm want done. Me to go into That's the- it. Okay. So uh, I will tell you this much. I think "Lit Up" is a legit great song. It's amazing. Okay, and I'm and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I, I found myself humming it after the concert. And there is part of the verse which reminds me of Cold Gin. Like I actually, maybe it's just me, but I, I started like actually going into Cold Gin afterwards. But for you out there just take a listen to it. But my point is, when that song comes on the radio, even though it's a popular song, I don't skip it. I think it's a great fucking perfect song. I'm with you there. Song. Okay. So, I'll tell you what the antithesis of that is is crazy bitch. Now, this like you just said, this I've never understood the popularity of that song where it has absolutely no hooks, nothing. The chorus is fucking retarded. Yes. It doesn't even even rhyme. She's on top of it. I'm like, what? What? Like, the fact that that became a hit, you know what? That's another, that's like grunge. That is a conspiracy conspiracy perpetrated by the man. You know why that became a hit?
2: is because MTV hired a guy who was huge into crazy bitches and programmed crazy bitch material.
3: And then and then we all just ate it up. Yeah, Fact. man. The crazy bitch? That killed the crazy chicks, right?
2: Yeah. I, you know, the weird thing is that, like, you know, there's plenty of examples of where you wonder why women are singing along to certain songs. Uh, oh but God. this one, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not catchy at all. It, it has no hook... It's it's like, it's so poorly and lazily written. There was no effort done. It's like, take me down! It's like, even the guitar riff during that part, it's insulting to the word riff to call it a riff. It is noise.
3: Scream
1: so loud, getting fucking laid.
3: She fucks so good, she's on top of it. (sighs) It's it's actually just like observation. It's not even lyrics. It is a curious thing to watch an entire, the, the, all every single female in the place, like just, just, are bouncing around. As soon as this horrible song kicks in, you know, mothers, <laughs> mothers of, of daughters, children. And it's a terrible song. I don't get it. So I'm, I'm going to just sum up the, the, the show this way. They opened with a cover of head, like a hole. <sighs> they played a full version of life in the fast lane. Eagles. Anyway, in, in summation, they played four covers and the other thing that was was ridiculous, there's some song off an album called Fuck where the entire song is saying fuck fifty times. <laughs> and they also played the Sold the, exclusively the, the, at Spencer's. Yes. Yeah. And the other the other thing is is that Crazy Bitch is basically Stairway to Heaven compared to their follow-up, which is Too Drunk to Fuck. They also play that song. So I'm like, I'm sitting here, and Steve is going crazy. He cannot get enough of this concert. I'm standing behind him, basically looking at my watch the entire time. Like, I'm actually, my IQ is dropping by the minute. Was he like,
2: squeezing uh, that... his own tits? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, he's sitting there going, ah, how crazy <laughs> bitch. <laughs> squeezing his yeah, boobies.
3: I, I, I don't get it. His so loobes. anyway... That's that's my Buckcherry concert review. I think I actually I actually reviewed Undisable Geek, Joyous Wolf, and on the end of it I just said Buckcherry also played. <laughs> Well, I have to say that we are more riled up than usual on this show.
2: It's because of the off-air fight we had about the bias of beer campaign that people will never hear.
3: Our anger is a gift—a gift to our our audience. The fact that we are all worked up over our customer service issues with albums yeah. and and bad bands and everything like that—I mean, it is amazing. But this next—it makes segment, us relatable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine us off air just going through a week? <laughs> How
2: do we survive? I really hope the listeners do that. Like I, I wonder what Loose Cannon and Baco doing. Like they imagine us like <laughs> Bert and Ernie, uh, you know, uh, just skipping around town as puppets,
3: <laughs> or in a tub with a rubber ducky. Yeah. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So this next segment, though, is a blessing from the rock gods, and it is something Indeed. that. Uh, just like Pods and Sods uses us as news sources sometimes, my news source <laughs> was from Decibel Geek on this article. I did not, I I had missed it and everything like that. They have a they have a show called New Noise, where they sit around and they talk about uh, uh, things in the in, in in music news,
2: random topics, and then you riff on them.
3: Yeah, yeah. Huh. Pretty cool idea, right?
2: Yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> God, I mean, we'd have to be pretty big dicks to make fun of them for for taking an idea from us, huh? All the yeah, all we'll... the fucking piggybacking we've done off their
3: shit. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Um, they mentioned they mentioned that there is a uh, a new announcement in the rock world, and that is that Jeff Tate, formerly, <laughs> formerly of, of Quintrike is now being a chauffeur and taking people on wine tours.
2: Yeah, and uh, bands in town has already got me going. So,
3: <laughs> so no, this is not in this country. Just so you know.
2: Yeah, this is in Europe, um, right?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's in Europe. And um, again, the, the the this following segment, the jokes have written themselves. Okay, so I uh, you you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, on this process? Because uh, it. it, it to, to kind of set you up a little bit. Many years ago we talked about you going to a Jeff Tate solo show. Yes, right? yes. And um Jeff Tate, what is his concept of his music and what his fan base actually is?
2: I mean, he has his fan base, which are our metal fans. Sure. And he clearly wants more. Like he like we're talking about a wine tour. He was drinking wine and like you know, he's like He's he's doing a storyteller kind of thing and then like meanwhile like some drunk guy with his shirt tucked in really tight from like the uh you know, I don't know, the uh, Empire tour is going, uh <laughs> What are you drinking, Jeff? And, and of course he's like, Oh, you know, this is uh uh eighty six Pinot and he's like you're like, Get
0: fucked up You know, it's
2: like <laughs> And so I kind of felt bad because it's clear that he wants something more than what his audience will ever give
0: him. These people that uh, I loved, that took care of, uh, I nurtured all the relationships, uh, worked at a very intimate level. The betrayal is like immense.
3: He, he really does, and and to that end, you know, he's he many years ago he put out his own wine called appropriately titled Insania.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. People always ask me, is this a hobby? No, it's it's more than that. Now it's grown into a passion. Yes,
3: and uh, and and uh, is it a hobby, by the way?
0: No, it's it's more than that. Now,
3: world famous rock star, twenty five million albums, as you said, and also in his his pedigree is the fact that he is a world traveler. Yes, I just want to make sure you understand that being a world traveler is not a skill. All you need to do is buy plane tickets and fly around and go visit places.
2: Yes? I'm going to do a quick Jeff Tate impersonation here. Ready? Go ahead. You're forgetting the ability to buy said plane tickets.
3: Well, with that said, all... People, uh, if if you are a band of any worth, you are a world yeah. traveler. I think. Okay. Don't you think he is
2: actually implying that, like, he travels away from touring?
3: I, what are you, the devil's advocate here? You, are you are you the Jeff Tate defender? Uh, I, apparently,
2: role? that's my role. Uh, my shirt is clearly untucked, and I am. <laughs> uh, I have a wine snifter.
3: Anyway, so this this tour <laughs> goes on for eight days. Okay, I think the amount is two thousand.
2: dollars whoa, remember, dial it back in. What tour are you talking about?
3: I'm sorry, the wine tour where he drives you around.
2: This is the Jeff Tate wine tour where, yeah, have we yeah. Even, have we even properly explained what this is? Like,
3: uh, go ahead. Yeah, please.
2: so like the basically Jeff Tate is selling like a uh, a trek through Europe. Where, uh, you know, you ride with him through uh, Europe to over eight days to a bunch of different vineyards, and you sample wines that are uh, get the Jeff tape, mushroom stamp, seal of
0: approval. It's not something I'm proud of.
3: That's right. So uh, they missed out on a great opportunity here, and I'm going to (laughs) just claim it right now. And that is this tour, first off, should have been called Operation Wine Crime.
2: Ooh, nice.
3: Yes? Yeah,
2: I like that.
3: And and I think that Operation Wine Crime is the vest tour you can ever go on.
2: Nice. Did you ever rock the vest look?
3: I didn't. Did you?
2: Oh yeah, baby. I uh, I I actually had a paisley vest in the mid nineties. I would go clubbing <laughs> with just that.
3: So you you just get all jacked at the gym and just throw on the vest and and go out in the town.
2: Yeah, all of that except for the getting jacked at the gym part. <laughs>
3: okay Yeah, no right, joke
2: well, baby I, i'm glad cell phone cameras that exist back then although you know it, it, it worked a little bit for baca
3: all right all right so so essentially this this goes into your whole defending of jeff tate because when you see him on stage <laughs> you think about your time in the vest right uh, yeah i wonder if you take
2: this tour if you get a vest
3: i probably do yeah I'm it, sure it comes it's, with a vest like, well, it's like the, all the VIP, you know. You usually, get a free T-shirt, right? It's, it's, free. it's got like a monogram GT on it. <laughs> but anyway, so the point is, is that Jeff Tate is doing this. <laughs> First off, it's going to be eight days, so he's he's selling this whole thing, and you know he has this concept. I'm sure of him driving a this you know 15 passenger van or whatever like that. I'm imagining wine.
2: you and me in the back seat of a Fiat. With, with his bald head, with that little yeah. weird cap that he wears, driving and you know, uh, you know, it just like you know, giving us like uh, uh, with no radio, and he just like it,
1: <laughs> the silence.
2: He's constantly describing what we're driving by.
0: But spitting is something that uh, you know historically has been uh, the most degrading thing you can do to somebody, and giving us a historical tour. <laughs>
3: Well, that's what it would end up being. Like he's expecting this huge crowd and driving around all these vineyards and having a great discussion. What's going to happen to him is there's going to be a guy that shows up uh, with, with a sleeveless. It's going to be Mark Chiquini. <laughs> Mark Chiquini is going to show up. And with an eight-day t-
2: supply of dollar-story potato chips <laughs> that won't fit For- in the fiat. and That's an issue.
3: Wearing a sleeveless Ted Nugent T-shirt,
2: in ten cities, in ten cities.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And and he's gonna get on. That's gonna be his only passenger (laughs) the entire time.
2: And he's back there. He's a Rage for Order was your best record.
3: <laughs> just, just crunching and he's and the whole time is and then there's going to be another guy that keeps that keeps asking Jeff Tate to do Jager Bombs the entire time
2: they're not going to ask to do Jager Bombs while driving it's like how long till the next vineyard I want
3: to get wasted you <laughs>
2: you're supposed to right. you're supposed to spit
3: it out into a bucket <laughs> no he he is going to be on day one uh, G off Tate is going to be uh, rethinking his entire existence as <laughs> he's with these two guys and that's all it's going to be is two dudes and he's going to be on day two and their wives gonna, uh, well I don't know if that's even possible but that's, he's a, that's just, the only
2: way they can justify it
3: okay okay so they're having a, a, a yeah it's, it's Chiquiti
2: and Mrs. Chiquiti.
3: <laughs> These guys on day three are going to be showing up in the vineyard shirtless. <laughs>
2: <laughs> gonna- I really thought "Walk in the Shadows" was
3: was a revelation.
2: Underrated. How do you pronounce this? Panat. <laughs> uh.
3: Anyway, that's that's how I think the whole Jeff Tate tour is going to go. I, I did find out though. There's a couple other rock stars that are doing tours. Nice. Yeah, so Vince Neal has a tour called Near Misses. Ooh. Where Yeah, yeah. He he actually just takes you on all the routes he's taken where he's been drinking and hasn't killed anybody. <laughs> Would you like to know what Tommy Lee's tour is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. He has something called Rad Cab. That sounds interesting. Yeah, well, basically, he just he just drives you around town to places he thinks are rad, including Chuck E. Cheese, uh, Build Build a Bear Workshop, and uh, then then he then he finishes when you you both get a meal at Sonic. (laughs) But um, also, Mick Mars has one. Mm. This one I think is the best. He drives you. It's called the Mars Car. (laughs) And uh, what he does is he drives you around and shows the retirement homes he lived in in the (laughs) eighties. Also, that's followed by a nap. Um, he then takes you. He, he then takes you to an early bird special, another nap, and drops you back off. So far, I'm taking
2: eight days in a Fiat with Jeff Tate.
3: You know what Nikki Six is doing? What? Absolutely nothing. He's boring, and there's nothing I can make fun of about him.
2: This has been rad, bro. But it's time to get out of here, don't you think? I agree. All right. Well, Rock is not dead.
3: But it's going to give you an eight day tour with Jaeger bombs and a free vest. to to tell me the quality of that last (laughs) call. I
2: was going to say the same thing to you. (laughs) I gave
3: a one star. I was like, I was not
2: very happy with that call (laughs) at all.